If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know we're going to continue to talk about living and leading healthy. How do we lead for the long haul without burning out, flaming out, losing our souls, our families, our integrity in the meantime? And by the way, we do believe that's possible. But we don't want to just talk about avoiding burnout. We want to talk about living as God has uniquely designed you and leading that way as well. If you're a leader right now, you know that it has been an overwhelming time, an overwhelming season now, and it continues to stretch on. And unfortunately, at Stay Forth, we are seeing a lot of leaders either burning out, exhausted right now, deeply fatigued, overwhelmed, or just plain stuck and not knowing which way to go. All of those are dangerous. So we actually coach leaders right at the space where they realize there's overwhelm or stuckness or exhaustion, and it's before the space of burnout. So if you are in that critical space, we would love to have a conversation with you. And that conversation we call a free breakthrough coaching session. So one of our amazing coaches across the country, you'll get a Zoom call with them. And it's a chance to talk about maybe what is confusing right now. What do you need clarified? And then to break through some barrier. It's completely free. Would encourage you to reach out at hello at stayforth.com. That's hello at stayforth.com. Just shoot us an email and say that you'd like a free breakthrough coaching session. We'll match you with one of our coaches. We are so passionate about that. And that passion comes out in today's episode, because we're going to talk about not just what's behind burnout, but actually what drives you in addition to what drains you. It's so important for us leaders to be self-aware. If we don't know how we are wired, how are we going to know how to avoid the things that drain us and actually to do more of the things that drive us? So today's episode, I interview someone named Chris Coltus, and Chris recently published a book And this book is talking about drains, and it's talking about drivers. This is really important. We call these drains and fills, and it's really important for you to know what fills your tank and then what drains your tank. And right now, I can guess you are tired. The end of the school year has come. The frustration of this past season, so much of this is lifting. But guys, vaccines or a lack of masks isn't going to cure exhaustion that is happening or overwhelm or unrealized grief from this past season. So if you think you may even be at the edge of overwhelm, you may be in a dangerous place. I want to encourage you. You probably are. Burnout is dangerous. It is real. And unfortunately we tend to not know that we're burned out until we are pretty crispy. And so if you are at all in that space, again, reach out to hello at stayforth.com. We'll match you with one of our coaches for a free breakthrough coaching session as soon as we can schedule you because we know that sometimes this is urgent in the moment. So I hope that today, I normally say enjoy this episode, but I would encourage you to lean in, to dig into this episode, to take notes from this episode because there's some really specific things that we talk about around your job, your workplace, your environment, things that may be currently draining you. I think this can be a pathway to some self-awareness and some growth. This is an episode to lean in, maybe in the listen to again. So I hope you enjoy, even learn from, even benefit from this conversation with my new friend, Chris Coltis of Leadership Worth Following. Cool. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Alan. Glad to be here. So we're talking leadership. We have some similar core values and beliefs about leadership and 
first of all, that leaders should be people worth following. There's influence and people are submitting themselves underneath someone's leadership and they better be worth following. So I love where you guys are at. I'm, I'm going to love this conversation, I'm sure, but kind of go a little bit behind the scenes or behind the curtain. Um, what are some of your core beliefs or values at a leadership worth following? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you, you kind of already hit on one and it's baked into the, um, you know, in, into the name, uh, it's that leadership should be worth following. Um, so I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a story in the background behind the founding of it. So I'm, I'm not the founder. Um, I joined in 2014 and we've been around since 2004. Um, but our founder, Dale Thompson, he was big in the leadership, uh, consulting and assessment and coaching space, uh, back when it was just kind of picking up steam. Uh, so he's been in this space for about 35 years. And so this is kind of an, another phase in his career, this, the, the firm that he started. And the premise is that back in the day when leadership assessment and consulting and coaching first got started, there was a big emphasis on like leadership leaders' capacity and commitment. So do they, do they have the skills and ability to get the job done? And are they passionate committed, results-oriented enough to make things happen. Um, but that would, that's only really two parts of the equation. And the third part of the equation is character. Because if, you know, if, if a leader has the ability to get stuff done and, and pushes it to, to happen, but you don't have the character to trust them, um, you know, they have the wrong intentions, that kind of stuff, they may get results, but they're not a leader that's, they're not showing leadership that's worth following. And so um, that that's a core premise behind the entire organization is that, um, you know, we want to help identify and develop the kinds of leaders that are actually worth following. Yeah, that's good. So if there's one message you wish every leader could internalize and live out what is that? Um, so I, I think for me, um, I, I, I thought about this question a lot, and there's a lot of different ways to answer it. I think for me personally, um, it's that people deserve but aren't entitled to careers where they are driven uh, and not drained. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, life is, life is short and life is a gift. Um, you know, we, we're, many of us are blessed in a lot of different ways. And again, life is too short and our careers are way too important. They're too big a component of our lives for us to kind of live thoughtlessly. And, and us as leaders, um, we have the opportunity to help people get the most out of their careers. Um, and it's not by bending them to your will and, you know, trying to squeeze every last drop of effort out of them, but rather it's about, you know, how do I help you find out who you are? How do I help you live into that? Uh, because that's, I mean, that's a win-win, right? Because the, the, the individual is kind of being who they are. They're using their gifts. They're, they're leaning into their strengths, but also when that happens, um, it's more sustainable, it's higher performance. So it's better for the individual and for the organization. Mm. 
That's good. So Driven Not Drained, uh, your upcoming book. So just kind of tease us a little bit. Um, obviously, this caught my eye because we're seeing a lot of drained leaders right now, a lot of overwhelmed leaders and objects in motion stay in motion unless acted on by an outside force. I mean, they're, unless something changes, many leaders, unfortunately, many leaders listening are heading toward burnout. And so we lean in when we think, man, I want to be driven, not drained. So talk about the book. What's the message behind it? And then what do you hope people get from it and, and change about their lives? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I actually want to start with with a story. And this story isn't isn't directly in the book, but it's super related to to some of the premises that we talk about in the book. Um, so I was coaching, I was coaching a leader, um, and the leader came to me and was was feeling very burnt out. And this particular leader was saying that one of the things that was burning him out was that people kept coming to him with requests for for help on just miscellaneous things in the organization. And he wasn't necessarily the expert on them. He was kind of good enough on these things. And, you know, he wanted to be helpful. He couldn't really say no. Um, and as we kind of unpacked this and and kind of realized that the, his play was getting full um, because he was saying just yes constantly to these these requests, uh, we kind of dug deeper into that. And what we uncovered was that um, it, it felt good to him to say yes. Um, and also it was part, it was partly pain avoidance. He, he would feel guilty if he said no, and he felt good about himself if he could be a helpful person. And so he was actually pursuing something that, you know, is good and it's reasonable, uh, would normally make him happy in a lot of circumstances. Um, but the, what the issue was, was that he was doing that thing that he thought would make him happy in kind of a thoughtless or overdone manner. And so, and, and I can get into some of the, the coaching techniques and tactics and the book goes into those a little bit, but the point of, of that story and the point of the book is that um, it's important to know where we get our energy from, but it's also important to know what it looks like if we're if we're pursuing that excessively or thoughtlessly. And so the book, and there's actually an assessment that's related to the book. Uh, but the what I hope people get out of the book is that if you really develop self-awareness around your where your energy comes from and what it's going to look like as you pursue um, that energy or the or we call them drivers what it's going to look like as you pursue those drivers well now you have two super key components in being much more thoughtful about the behaviors you engage in so that you can engage in behaviors that are going to be um, sustainably energizing for you and that aren't going to deliver some unhelpful, unintended consequences. Yeah. Well, let's first let's talk about avoidance, right? We want to avoid the drain. Then let's talk about finding our drivers. Um, a lot of leaders right now are drained. Uh, some hopefully are in a pretty good spot. This, you know, recording this and heading into the summer. Um, how can leaders avoid getting drained or depleted? Yeah. So I, I think the first thing is it is 
about self-awareness, right? Because I, I think that one of the, the first traps that people fall into is having this vague sense of frustration and drain and burnout, but not exactly knowing where it's coming from. Yes. And that's, that's so hard to tackle when, you know, when the monster in the closet is undefined, it's, you know, it's really hard to know what you're up against. And so, you know, I, th I think that's the first step is to really say, what is it that's driving me? And it's always going to be an interaction between who are, who am I as an individual? And then what is it in the environment that's actually kind of triggering me or, or draining me? Mm, that's good. Now the opposite side of that, how do we uncover or unearth our drivers? Uh, well, and, and so I think part of that is uncovering your drivers and your drainers. And, and I'm actually happy to go back. There, there's a couple of techniques on, on the drainer side of things. You know, it's not just about knowing them. There are some, there are some tactics and techniques, um, that, uh, that, that I encourage people to do and, yeah, and that I think are it. super helpful. Um, so in terms of, in terms of, you know, once you know your drainers and your drivers, but once you really kind of get a sense of here's what's draining for me. Um, I actually encourage people to think about four things, building skills, changing context, uh, calibration and motivational hooks. So I'll, un I'll unpack um, each of those four things here real quick. Uh, building skills, that's pretty transparent or pretty straightforward. But the idea here is that, um, let, let's say you unpack your driver or your drainer, sorry, and you realize, um, so one of the things that's draining me is the fact that um, I'm really not a natural collaborator. I like to work independently, um, but I'm in a really highly matrixed organization and my role requires me to do tons of stakeholder management, right? That's, that's a recipe for burnout, um, or it could be. And so from a skill building standpoint, um, this, this isn't rocket science here, but I mean, if, if that's the situation you're in, uh, building some real tangible skills in how do I do stakeholder management? How do I do relationship mapping? How do I know who I'm supposed to attend to? Uh, how do I do, how do I manage meetings so that collaboration is more efficient and less frustrating? Um, just real tangible skill building can help manage some of that energy drain. And again, it goes like once you do that self-awareness build, you understand where you're going to get the highest leverage skill development. Because I think you know it's 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 really easy for us to fall into toxic positivity when we're when we're talking about how do you fight burnout. Yep. Right. Because you don't want to just say, well get better at everything and <laughs> burnout will go away. It's magic. <laughs> Right, exactly. But if you can get better in a certain few targeted things where the drain is happening most, um, that's I would say that's that's one step towards uh, fighting burnout. The next one I mentioned was changing the context, and there's a spectrum here that the that exists on a spectrum of something as simple as, um, wow, now I see that this this 
part of my job is draining me. So let me see if I can delegate that to someone else, or maybe there's a, a, t- a peer where, you know, we can flip flop, or maybe I can go get some more resources that will help me get it off my plate. Sure. Um, that's, that's pretty straightforward. It can go all the, all the way to the other end of the spectrum of, I act, maybe I do need a complete career change. Um, you know, if you're looking at your your drivers and drainers and there's just a complete misalignment and it starts to feel like, you know, wow, this this is really showing me why no matter what I do, I'm feeling burnt out. That may be a that may be a sign for you to go change careers. Mm. Um, I mentioned calibration. So calibration looks like this. Uh, when you look at when you when you take an assessment, whether it's the drive or any others. Uh, what's really interesting, and I did this with that um, leader who was feeling burnt out because he was saying yes to everything. Um, he was really pegged on a driver called service. He feels like compelled to be helpful all the time. It, I think he was in like the 97th percentile or something like that. And what I challenged him on from a calibration standpoint, I think we can all do this as leaders, is to say, um, I, you, you may be holding yourself to an unrealistically high standard of things you feel like you have to do. And for this leader, the calibration was, you will still be much more helpful than most people, even if you dial back this being helpful need by 20 points. Mm-hmm. You're holding yourself to a standard that's so much higher yeah than everyone else in the world. And you're burning yourself out by holding yourself to this really high standard. And then the last one, I, I called it motivational hook. So I'll, I'll use myself as an, as an example. Um, and actually the collaboration example I referenced earlier is, is very salient because um, that's me. Um, I'm kind of more of an independent worker and, but I, and yet I do need to find ways to collaborate. And so motivational hook is this idea of looking at other things that drive you and kind of reframing or thinking differently about the things that drain you. Mm. So for, for collaboration, instead of thinking of it as something I have to do, or I won't get stuff done, something that, you know, I have to do because others expect me to do it. Um, what I'm, I'm really driven by creativity. And so what I try to do then is Think about collaboration as an opportunity to do some brainstorming with people with interesting ideas. So this is essentially like a reframe of what something mm is and so that your brain goes, oh, okay, this is the purpose and this is vital to me. Exactly. And something that's enjoyable to me too. Mm, That's good. That's good. Wow, man, so much there. So listeners, um, I would encourage you to hit pause and go back. And to take those in, obviously, you can pick up the book here and even the assessment as as part of that. So much to talk about. We could be on here for four hours. We probably shouldn't. Um, But talk (laughs) just a little bit more about drivers. So we talk about them just as drains and fills. Um, What are they? Why are they so crucial to longevity and even meaningful work? Mm-hmm. So drivers sit at the intersection of your, your habits, your motives, and your values. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you do? What do you want to do? And what do you think you should do? 
And and the reason they're, they're, they're so important is because when those three things are all aligned, um, that's you're going to be driven to do them almost irrespective of the situation. They they make sense to you. They feel good. They're almost automatic. And no matter the situation you're put in, you're going to try to find ways to to do that thing or pursue that driver. And the reason that's so critical is because when you can find yourself in a situation that is aligned with the drivers, your drivers, and when your drivers are actually situationally appropriate, it's it's going to deliver sustainably high levels of engagement and performance because it's natural. Mm. You know, you're not working against the you're not working against the grain. Yeah. Can you give a couple examples of drivers maybe that you reference in the assessment or in the book? Yeah. So I've already I've already referenced three. So collaboration, um, that drive to uh, establish a connection by being on a team with people, by working together. Um, creativity, the drive to think differently and to and to find innovation. Um, a service that drive to be helpful. Um, and then I, I don't know if you intentionally referenced this one or not, but purpose actually is, is one of the drivers. Um, and, and that's something that I think is really interesting personally, um, because it's not something that a lot of people really realize how important it is, at least from an assessment standpoint, uh, but it's that drive and, and it's what it shows is that there are some people who truly believe that, you know, work is so much bigger and I, I need to be able to derive a sense of meaning and significance from work. Um, some people are super pragmatic about it. They That's not a huge driver for them. You know, work is work and that's fine. And I'm not going to be worried about it if I don't get that. But they're, But that is a big thing for people to be able to derive significance and validation and you know, mission and calling from their work. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, man, I can't wait to dig into to this book and maybe even take the assessment myself. Talk about uh, the science behind this. What's the science behind sustainability in fulfilling work? Yeah. So um, again, it starts, uh, it starts with knowing who you are. Um, knowing what drives you. And and the reason that's so, I mean, that seems pretty straightforward, but the reason there's a science to it is because it's harder than it looks. Um, we, we actually, uh, we're, we're all biased in our own different ways. And, and one of those biases is called uh, affective forecasting. And basically what affective forecasting is in a nutshell is, uh, if you try to look into the future and you think that's going to make me happy, um, you're probably going to be more wrong than you are going to be right. Mm. Um, or, you know, to, to pull kind of wisdom from the Bible, the heart is deceitful above all things. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, it's, it's hard to see when you're sitting in present day and you look in the future, it's hard to see the downside of, um, it's hard to see the downside of something that you think is good now. Mm, yep. Especially so a career that, that we think will be meaningful, purposeful, fulfilling. We love doing it on the side. And then I see a lot of people who are side hustlers think, man, if only I was a full-time solopreneur or was able to do this full-time, then I would be happy, fulfilled, that kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, from a sign from a scientific standpoint, there's something going on there, and also just from kind of a personal standpoint, I can share share a brief story. But uh, yeah, I mean, the science would say that a, a lot of a, more often than not, if you are intrinsically motivated by something, you just like it because it is what it is. Um, once you layer on extrinsic motivation, you know, you get paid to do it. You there's an obligation component to it. The intrinsic motivation oftentimes goes away. Uh, so that dynamic that you're describing is is super Strange relevant. And harsh reality. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I think also part of it is because um, like work life and happiness happiness are so complex. Um, so like, just for example, for me, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to say, uh, I want a career where I can be creative. Right. And you like zero in on that, you know, if I can be creative, that's going to make me fulfilled. But then, so you, you, you might die. Like I, I was pursuing a career in academia and, uh, um, writing papers and, and all that kind of stuff. But what I, I didn't realize until I got a little bit further into it was um, there's a bit of a slow pace there. And you also wonder, is what I'm doing going to make a difference? And two things for me, I'm drained by one of our one of our scales or drivers called deliberation. So that means that I have a really fast, natural pace. Like I feel um, maybe an unrealistic uh, sense of urgency and need for speed kind of thing. Um, and I also am driven by purpose. And so for me, it's like, if I'm not going to make a high impact and feel like I'm making a difference very quickly, that's going to be draining for me. But I, there, there's no way I could have anticipated that um, without having either an assessment that gives me that heads up ahead of time yeah. or just kind of diving into it and saying, oops, this is not as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Man, so much, so much here. I'm curious, Chris, um, what are you seeing um, as an organization and just personally in, in leaders in this past season? I mean, the last 14, 15 months have been disorienting, tiring, overwhelming, underwhelming and disappointing, all of the things. Um, what are some of the reactions, maybe even statements you're hearing from leaders in your work? Um, I think that team dynamics have been a lot harder than, um, than people anticipated. And it's, and it's largely because of the state of change. Um, we moved from most of us being in person to most of us being work from home. And now we're gearing up for most like probably some kind of hybrid workforce where, you know, maybe you can choose to stay at home or you're at home sometimes and not at other times. And what we see with team dynamics is that um, every time you have big changes, uh, it often resets the team development cycle. Mm, and yep. so, you know, the team that may have been in a groove before, now we go through this big change. Now we have to go through this, this cycle again of kind of getting to know each other and figuring out our operating rhythms. Um, and our the drivers that may have been showing up on a day-to-day -day basis when you're face-to-face -face may not be the drivers that are showing up when you're, when you're remote or when you're having to manage a hybrid workforce.
Mm, yep. Totally. Absolutely. I, I don't think we knew or know how hard it is um, to do some of the relational things we were doing than through a screen. And I mean, what's interesting, Chris, is that I've been on Zoom half my week coaching leaders for the last two years. And so Zoom fatigue uh, for many, they had no idea that I think it's one and a half times, maybe two times as draining to be leaning in with a coaching client through Zoom. Um, but because I'm used to that, that wasn't a massive change. Whereas people are trying to do all the work they did before. How do you collaborate through a screen? How do you whiteboard through a screen? How do you dream through a screen? That's a huge challenge. And sometimes it honestly just doesn't translate um, to, to being able to actually touch that idea or that person there in the room. So man, so much there we could talk about. Um, we better talk about the future just a little bit. Um, we're heading into the summer, which for many is an incredible season and for others is an incredibly disorienting season or maybe a loss of momentum, those kind of things. But what are a few things that leaders should keep in mind for this upcoming summer and fall if they want to live and lead healthy? Um, so I think generally speaking, um, you know, no matter where you are kind of in the organization or as a leader, um, I, I would just encourage people to enjoy themselves um, find ways to enjoy yourself, take time to energize or re-energize. Um, I think it's a lot of us have um, maybe gotten into a rut due to COVID, uh, e e even if no, for no other reason than as a coping mechanism, right? Because I, I think that what we find a lot is that when there's a lot of change, you, you look for the only kind of stability you can manufacture. Yes. And if that means living in a rut, then, you know, that's, that's stability in a way. <laughs> yep. And, and so I, I would challenge people or encourage people, um, you know, find something that is, that's fun, that's enjoyable, that's re-energizing, that breaks you out of your rut, um, just to reinvigorate yourself. So I, I think that's one. Um, and then the other thing is uh, going back to those team dynamics, start thinking now about how you can re-engage your team and, and focus, focus on your team's energy too. Um, you know, one of the, one of the big things that, um, and I think that's interesting from a driver's standpoint and one of the big watch outs is uh, when we overemphasize our own personal happiness and, you know, that becomes, um, you know, we're, we're constantly focused on I'm burnt out, I'm unhappy, I'm frustrated, I, 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 um, that can actually exacerbate it, mm. right? Yep. And, and so I would encourage leaders to not only focus on how do I start feeling less burnt out, but take it outside of yourself. How can you help others feel less burnt out? How can you ease others' loads? And, you know, that may feel like a tall order, especially if you are feeling burnt out, but take it, you know, take it one step at a time, one, one small effort um, in focusing on others can take you outside of yourself. And that kind of others orientation can, um, can oftentimes be, be very helpful. That's good. Really good stuff, Chris. Appreciate you, uh, your work, your research, uh, of course, this book and all of what you guys do, where can folks go to find this book and the assessment? Uh, yeah. So the, the book is on Amazon. Um, it's on, 
uh, Barnes and Noble and other booksellers as well. Uh, if you want to visit us at drivennotdrained.com, um, that's kind of the book's homepage and that'll shoot you over to different places you can buy it. Um, if, if you happen to hear this before the 25th, which I know is right around the corner, um, but uh, that uh, we, we've got some pre-order kind of things going on there too. So if you want to pick it up even before that, um, grab a copy of the assessment, all that kind of stuff. But drivennotdrain.com is the best place to find us uh, online. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time, Chris. And thanks for your work. Thank you, Alan. It's been a pleasure. Shine, shine. We ain't focused so long.